Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski. And today, we have the one and only, the author, the co-founder of the SDR newsletter and SDR manager over at Copilot. That's Mr. Jimmy Komodeka. Nick, why should people listen? So if you're the type of salesperson that's ripping cold calls, you're sending emails, you're sending LinkedIn DMs, and you just can't seem to break through, Jimmy's got some really creative stuff around joining Slack communities, looking at LinkedIn likes on viral posts that can help you book a couple more meetings. Can you get a, can you get a three, two, one, como deca? Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go get it and try it for free. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox if I don't get a reply in two days. That means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you wanna follow up on time every time, you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. All right, Jimmy, welcome to the show. We start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. So let's get your three. Yeah, so actionable takeaway number one, reverse your prospecting flow. So what that means is instead of getting a list from Zoom Info and then finding a reason to reach out to the prospect, 
flip it. So find a reason to reach out to somebody and then get their information from Zoom Info. So an example of this could be you find a viral post in your industry. So you make a list of people who liked that specific post on LinkedIn, and then you find their information on Zoom Info. And then you can create an individual cadence for each one of these people. Beautiful. What's number two, Jimmy? Number two, join the community of your prospects. There are thousands of public Slack groups and online forums that anybody can join. For example, I used to sell to marketers. So what I did is I joined a public Slack group of thousands of marketers. And anytime somebody brings up a topic related to what I sell, I would slide directly in their DMs. And you don't have to limit yourself to just Slack. There are tons of other communities and forums online. I love it. We're going to have to talk about that. Route us out, Jimmy. What's number three? So number three is gather information from unusual places. So there are a variety of different places where you can collect info. A great example of this is out-of-office replies. So especially during the holiday season, if you send out a lot of cold emails, you're going to get a lot of out-of-office replies. And a lot of times those out-of-office replies contain such valuable information like cell phone numbers, teammates, return dates, and what they were doing while they were gone. And you can use all of that information in your outreach when they come back. Alrighty, Jimmy. So you pick up an account and you say, this one's a hot, hot. What are you looking for to properly work a hot, hot? All right. When you find a hot account like that, what you're going to do is go into Sales Navigator, find a list of your ICP of those people at those accounts, and then take a look at their activity on LinkedIn. Is there anything you can work off of? Did they like a specific post? Did they comment on a specific post? Did they share anything of value? You can use that information in your outreach. And don't limit yourself just to LinkedIn. What you can do is if you don't find anything on LinkedIn, just Google it. See if there's anything else available that you can use. There's plenty of information out there. And then once you have that list of those people who are engaged with that specific content, throw them in a sequence, create their own sequence for that. And all you have to do is personalize that template number one, that first step. And that way you have a relevant and personalized sequence that you can reach out to these people with. So I'm really curious about some of the specifics here. So what are you saying in the subject line to get them to open it? And then are you literally just saying, hey, I saw you liked this post, want to buy some lead generation software? Or are you a little bit more nuanced with your approach? I'm curious, like, what are you actually saying in that email? Yeah, so let me give you an example. So in one of my past companies, I sold e-commerce software specifically for PPC. And what happened is I came across this post on LinkedIn where somebody was providing advice on Amazon PPC and how to better their performance. So what I did is I went through the people who liked and commented on that video and identified the people that were in my ICP. And then I reached out to them with a subject line that said, saw you liked this person's post. And then from there, what I did is I wrote an email saying like, hey, saw you like this person's post. Oftentimes when I speak with other people who do Amazon PPC, they run into this specific problem. How are you handling that right now? The reason I ask is because we just helped somebody a company very similar to yours, solve this exact problem. Would it make sense to have a conversation? Awesome. And here's one of the things that Jimmy is doing that's really important. Nick called it out earlier, is he's not saying, hey, you like this post, come buy my software. The key thing is you're attaching a problem to what you saw on their LinkedIn. And my guess is, Jimmy, you probably have a couple of common triggers you look for, and you know what the problems are associated with Amazon PBC or whatever the two or three things that you're looking for are. Is that correct? That is exactly it. So there's a couple of problems that you're going to see that comes up. And one of the best ways to uncover those problems is read your company's case studies, read their marketing collateral, understand their pain points. 
So we figured out some of these triggers, right? You're doing the reverse prospecting. Instead of building a list, you're finding a list and then building your list. I want to talk about this Slack thing because I've never done this before. You're joining public Slack communities and you're reaching out to people who are posting in those communities anytime you see one of those triggers. Can you give me a little bit more detail on like what you're actually doing there? Are you participating in the community? Are you DM spamming people? Like what's that Slack participation look like to actually build a pipeline? Yes. So there's a couple of different ways you can approach this too. Obviously, this one's going to be much different than any other. Uh, so what you can do is, like I said, there are so many public Slack groups regarding every single different topic what you're going to want to do is join the ones that are most active. And then you're going to be actively participating in these Slack groups. So if people have specific questions regarding something that you've seen in the past, answer it, provide information. Don't necessarily ask for the meeting right away, but be noticed in the Slack group. That way, when somebody does ask about something related to your product, you can DM them on Slack. Just like you would DM somebody in your own company, you can DM them in this public group and say, hey, saw your post regarding this. I think this is something I, I could help you out with. Would it make sense to have a conversation? Jimmy, I'm curious, are you threading this with other touches in your cadence or in your sequence as well? Are you leading this? When do you start to do this type of stuff relative to other prospecting activities? So what's going to happen is as soon as you see somebody post about a topic related to the product that your company sells, then you can add them into your cadence as well. And then have that Slack message as a step in one of those cadences. Oftentimes that'll be step one because the response rates are pretty high on this. If they're asking that community for a specific question, they're going to notice your message right away when you say, hey, saw your message. It's really, really brilliant because what I've seen people do in the past is like there's a bunch of LinkedIn groups that I'm a part of where it's like I sell software to law firms and there's like law firm tech software. And honestly, so much of them have just become spam dumps where it's a bunch of vendors posting links to their crap. And what you're doing is really, really intelligent because you're not just joining the Slack group and watching to see when people post and then messaging at that trigger. You're actually participating. One of the things that I've noticed about like my own company's Slack group is a lot of people share like helpful articles internally where it's like, hey, I read this industry article. Here's three takeaways that I had. And we're sharing it like with the other sales reps at my company, but I'm like, dude, you could literally just flip that and put that in the public Slack group of where your prospects are working with your commentary. And then now you can start to get known as the guy who's sharing valuable stuff. And if you actually build out your profile and put your picture there, now they start to know who you are and you're building out like this thought leadership. And so I hear a lot of new salespeople who want to build personal brands. And so they're posting garbage all over LinkedIn of like, let me reshare a case study with no commentary. You're actually doing this within an internal Slack group that's hyper-targeted to the people that you're trying to meet with. It is brilliant, dude. I literally wrote it down with a star. I'm going to go do this literally immediately after this episode. I don't have a question, so Armand, you better ask something artful. Yeah, so Jimmy, totally agree, and I think this is something I'm going to start using in my prospecting. I can already hear the excuses of, I don't want to be that guy who jumps into the Slack group and is the DM guy or whatever else it might be. So how do I go about the delivery of this and actually adding value to these communities versus just going and connecting and pitching on every single DM? Exactly. So you have to somewhat build a reputation of giving first. So give, 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 and then ask. So if you have the reputation of being the person who provides information consistently, when you finally do ask something, people don't aren't going to mind as much. It's not that big of a deal. 
if you go in there and just immediately start DMing people and spamming people right away, yeah, you're probably not going to last that long in there and you might get kicked out. I sort of have a dumb question, but I don't know how to find a public Slack group. Can you teach me? Yeah. So first off, if you just Google public Slack groups, you'll find a website called Slowfile. This is a good starting place. So if I did marketing, there's Product School, which has 30,000 members. Online Geniuses, which has 22,000 members. Product Marketing Alliance has 19,000 in it. And all you have to do is go into some of these. You might have to apply to join, but typically it doesn't take that long. You just need to wait on somebody to respond. So Jimmy, I love this concept that you're using to gather information from places people normally would not expect. I want to go back to this topic of out of office replies. Oftentimes what happens is when I send an email during the holidays or when someone's on PTO, it just auto pauses my sequence and then I resume it in two weeks and keep going on with my day. What are some things that I can look for in an out of office reply or in a voicemail or from an EA even that I can start to weave into my prospecting? Yeah. So I think the first thing to be on the lookout for is cell phone numbers. Obviously that's a key one with the, with the out of office responses. That way when your cadence picks up again, you can have a direct dial. And on top of that too, oftentimes people are saying where they are in these on their out of office replies. So when you give them a call, you can be like, hey, Armand, how is Tahiti? It starts to you know loosen the conversation a little bit. Now there's a number of other things that you can collect through that as well. So things like teammates, who else is on their team? So maybe while somebody's out of office and says, reach out to this person in the meantime, now you know those two people work together and you can start to tailor your campaigns a little bit. Yeah, one of the things that I've learned is anytime that I pick up the phone to call somebody or I get any response from a prospect via email is to look for information that could help me in the future. So when I get an out of office reply, most salespeople just delete and move on with their day. I take half a second to scan and say, is there anything in there that I could use in the future? And then literally the next email that I send to them, it still might be maybe more of like a templated like email. It might be deeper in the sequence, but I'm literally just going to adjust the first line to be like, Hey, I hope you're having a great time in Tahiti. When you get back, here's something to consider, dot, dot, dot. And all you're doing is like, then you change your future subject line to Tahiti. Okay, we're assuming in this scenario, somebody traveled to Tahiti for their vacation audience, if you didn't put that one together. But all you're doing is you're taking a tiny nugget of information and you're putting it into that email. The same goes for when you're making a phone call. If somebody answers the phone, and even if they're a jerk rejecting you, you should be trying to get some piece of competitive intel. What are they using today? Are there other people on their team that maybe oversee this in a different way? Never reach out or hear back from a prospect without getting some piece of information in return. That starts to become iterative and you start to build up this knowledge of your territory so much better than if you're just send, 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 send. Jimmy, you've inspired both of us because one other way that you can operationalize this concept of looking for unusual things is you can run a sales force report that just says, show me all activities that contain in from an email. And you can instantly in your entire territory, look at any single time someone has emailed you back and skim all of those replies before you work an account. And I know, Jim, you talked about working closed loss ops, previous ops in the past. The first thing you should do is see if this person is engaged in the past. And then, Nick, to your point, when you open up your cold calls, if someone said, call me in Q4, which is usually just a SWAT, you can actually use that to build some goodwill and say like, hey, 
you probably don't remember this, but six months ago you said, hey, could you call me in November? And I think we dropped the ball there, right? I'm just closing the loop here and I wanted to see how you were doing. And then it's instantly warm versus going and trying to start cold from scratch. So my last question on this, Jimmy, is you've got all these unconventional sources of information. Your team is probably working hundreds of accounts. How do you keep track of all of this stuff in an organized fashion? You just have like a massive spreadsheet with like checkbox Slack group, checkbox this person liked Nick's post. How do you actually operationalize this stuff? A lot of it stuff is going to live in the notes in sales loft. So every time somebody comes up, you should have a record of reach out to this person on Slack on this date. What did I say? Just copy paste it. It doesn't have to be anything complicated, but make sure there's a record of it. So that way, when you finally do get this person on the phone, you know, seven calls in, you can know what you've done in the past and you can know what you've said in the past. Yeah, I do the same thing in my in, in outreach. Anytime I see somebody share something or I have valuable information, I put it in the prospect notes section so that when I call them, it is front and center for me. Now, sometimes when I call people and the stuff is front and center, I happen to book sales meetings, which is an exciting part of my day. And the opposite of an exciting day is when you have a day filled with meetings and all of your prospects no-show. And I know you have some some tips for us on how to reduce or even prevent no-shows. And I'm wondering if you can share those with us. Yeah. So I think my number one tip, first off, is getting people to accept the invite fast. And the best way to do that is have people accept the invite while you're still on the phone with them. I know that sounds complicated. I know that sounds difficult to do. One of the ways I would always approach this is say, hey, just so I know I have your email right, can you hit the accept button when you get the invite? That way, I have a reason I'm doing it. They hit the accept. And it doesn't. you don't have to include the information right then. Just send a bare bones invite and then update the information later with the meeting link. That's brilliant because there's the reason that I haven't done this in the past is I'm like, there's information that I want to put in the description, like a teaser video and some information. And like, I want to name the invite something intelligent that I don't forget. And I'm like, that's going to be way too much to try to be talking on the phone. They're waiting. I can't spell right in the invite. You're literally sending like, it's almost a ghost invite just for the date, time, their email address. Hey, can you accept this? And then you move on. What else do you do? So let's say they've accepted that invite. Where do you go from there to make sure that they don't no-show you? So first things first, one of the, my strategies is scheduling meetings in the afternoon. So Gong did a study and found that no-shows don't happen as often in the afternoon. Obviously, you can't do this all the time, but try to keep that in mind. Secondly, the follow-up email. After you get off the phone with them, send them a message. Hey, here's what we talked about. Loved our conversation. Summarize that. Send it over. Next, in the morning, the next day, or the day of the meeting, send them another follow-up email saying, looking forward to our conversation. Here's what we talked about. Here's what we're going to cover. Then, as the meeting approaches, update the invite with all that information in it. So it's going to be at the top of their inbox shortly before the meeting. There's a lot of controversy around the language that I use when confirming invites. Sometimes it's, hey, does tomorrow still work? Other times it's really assumptive saying, looking forward to tomorrow. Other people use a pre-shared agenda. So I'm curious, is there any insight you can give around the actual messaging when you're doing confirmations? Once I get a confirmation, I'm going to act like that. That is 100% going to happen. So when I give them another call or send them a follow-up email and be like, hey, I'm looking forward to talking to you about how we can solve this. Here's some more information regarding it. Looking forward to it. 
So I am more assumptive in saying that since you already agreed, we're going to have this meeting. So I'm very assumptive when it comes to confirming invites. One thing that I've done is when I really wanted to make sure that somebody showed up, I did this was when I was a new SDR and like that was my goal was shows on meetings. I would call them the day before the meeting and I'd have my peers be like, why are you calling them? You already called them once. Like you're giving them an out or that's just weird. And if you think about it from the prospect's perspective, one, nine times out of 10, they're not going to answer on the call. So you literally just leave a voicemail that you're confirming the meeting Two, if they do answer, it's literally a 12 second conversation where you're like, Hey, I'm confirming tomorrow's meeting. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. And prospects appreciate that because they get no showed. Also, there are actually a lot of really crummy salespeople or peers out there who don't show up at meetings. And so if you really want to make sure somebody shows up, take the 12 and a half seconds to call that person, leave a voicemail, send an email, and you'll bump your show rates dramatically. So Jimmy, I know that you run the SDR team or one of the SDR teams at least. And one of the things that's really important is as you're pulling in all of this creative info about your accounts, my guess is your SDRs are co-working these accounts with their AEs. And so how do you go about working accounts together with your AE or as an AE working an account with your SDR without stepping on each other's toes on any given account? Yes. Yeah, so there's going to be a couple different approaches that we take at least. So the way that I've always done it is where the SDRs are working more of the manager and director level people at the company and where the AE would be targeting the people high up, the VPs. And what you can do in those situations, too, is loop in your AE on some of the conversations that you're having. So where if you're targeting a specific account, I don't know, say in the construction industry, if your AE has worked with construction companies in the past, then what you could do is mention that to this prospect. Say you're writing a cold email or something, loop in the AE, just be like, hey, he's worked with a number of construction companies on these specific problems. Is this something that you guys or how are you guys handling that at the moment? One thing that I'll actually add that I've done from like a team collaboration perspective is we ran a report in our Salesforce of every single account. And then we turned it into a Google doc and I literally sent it to every single person at the company. And I said, literally skim this list and add if you know anybody at any of these accounts. And what happened was there were like 12 introductions that someone in my company was able to make for me for a bunch of accounts in my territory. And so that's one thing that I would recommend, like when you have SDRs and AEs collaborating is especially if you have an AE who is more 10 in the space, like rip through that account list and you'd be amazed at the number of warm introductions that folks are able to make. So Jimmy, last question that I have for you, you recently took over, now you're leading the SDR function at a new company. And I'm curious about like the low hanging fruit, like the quick things that you teach to your newest SDRs to take them from totally and utterly maybe incompetent to at least baseline performing. Like what are the order of operations of the first things you teach? Yes. Excellent question. Uh, there's a couple of things. First off is going to be voice tone on cold calls. It's often much more important how you say anything than what you're saying. Everybody has the age old debate of how do you open a cold call? I don't really think it matters that much as long as you're saying it in a confident way. So Armand, I know you're big on this of eliminating the uptones. That is huge. So that is one of the, the key parts. And one of the first things that I'll tell new SDRs is sound confident with your approach, eliminate those uptones. Uh, secondly is have a structure for your cold call. Cold calling is only going to be difficult if you go into it without a plan. There's really only going to be say four parts to a cold call that you need to have an idea of how you're going to do it. What you're going to say when they first answer the phone, the question of how you're going to hook them into continuing the conversation, objection handling, and then the close. 
Those are the four main parts of a cold call. And if you can set up a structure for those and have your voice tone be solid, you're good to go on the cold calling part and you just need to hammer them out to get better at it. The second part is when it comes to cold email is whatever you write, cut half of it out. <laughs> so especially when you're writing new cadences, what's going to happen is just write everything down and then cut it out. And then as you continue to get better at it, you can do it a lot faster. And that way you'll be able to have shorter emails that hit harder and are very crispy, as some people are saying. This goes back to when you used to have to write these ridiculous 20-page essays in college or in high school or whatever, I was horrible at them. But the moment I started writing, I could write really quickly. And so the best way to do it is know the three things that you're looking for, like Jimmy mentioned, and then write them down in email form and get ideas on paper as quickly as possible. And then start hacking away at your email instead of trying to perfectly phrase and word everything, get it all on paper, then use the mobile preview on outreach, and then cut it back to a way that it fits on the phone. But if you try to write an email so that it fits on the phone as you're trying to formulate your ideas, it's just going to come off as super, super, super inorganic. So Jimmy, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Nick, I think we need to wrap up with our final question. So we're moving to the final question, Jimmy. And the final question is we've talked about a lot of wonderful things salespeople should be doing. Now let's talk about the shouldn't. The last question is what is one bad habit that you see a ton of salespeople exhibiting that they need to stop doing because it hurts them more than it helps? The answer to that, what people need to stop doing is thinking that they can help everybody. Sometimes there's people that you just can't help. They already have the perfect solution. Nothing you could say will change your mind. So when SDRs spend time trying to change their mind, it's a waste of time for everybody. Prospect's going to get annoyed. They don't have a need for it. You're not going to get anywhere and you're not going to book any meetings. So it's a lose-lose. So once you understand that somebody's not a good fit, move on. Move on quick. Beautiful. Jimmy, anything you want to promote before we jump off here? Yes. The SDR newsletter is an email newsletter that goes out once a week. It contains tools, tactics, tips, all information related to being a better SDR. And we try to keep it very tactical, very actionable. That's why we're huge fans of the 30 Minutes of Presence Club. So you can sign up at thesdrnewsletter.com. Beautiful. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. And everybody stick around for a 60-second recap coming up soon. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes.
Today's deal acceleration cheat code is brought to you by Pipedrive, which is a CRM built by sellers for sellers. The best way to drive your pipeline forward is to every single day, pull up a list of all of your open opportunities and look at each opportunity by stage and think, what can I do today that will increase my likelihood of winning this deal? That's how you keep your ops moving forward in between meetings that you have on the calendar. Now we documented five cheat codes that can help you cut your sales cycle in half with Pipedrive. There's a link in the show notes to steal them. Your top four takeaways from this episode with Jimmy Komodeka include, number one, look at activity that a prospect has had on LinkedIn and reverse engineer prospecting messaging from there, which brings us to number two. Another way you can do this is by joining Slack groups and building lists out of people who have asked questions in those Slack groups and then slide into their DMs. Brings us to number three. Once you actually call those people or you email those people, if you get out of office replies, don't just skim over them. Take those out of office replies and pull the cell phone numbers, pull the other contacts that are put into that out of office reply. And then lastly, number four, especially when you're working a hot hot, you got to divide up those accounts between above the line and below the line. AEs work above the line, come over the top. SDRs work below the line. All righty, Nick, how could people help us out here? If you are a listener of the show, there is a chance that you might be part of a Slack community or a Slack group, and you might talk to other salespeople. And maybe those other salespeople say, hey, I want to level up my game. I want to listen to a podcast while I'm walking my dog or going to the gym or buying some groceries. Well, it would warm my cold little heart if you would recommend 30 Minutes to President's Club to those other salespeople who want to improve. And we will see you next week on 30 Minutes to President's Club. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes.